Attention everyone, the unpleasant truths you're about to hear are not a mistake. The realest show on the planet. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect management or its sponsors. This is Willie D Live with your host, Willie D. Welcome to Willie D Live. I am Willie D. I got a special guest in the house, y'all. <laughs> DJ Envy. Willie, what's up, bro? What's up, homie? How's everything? I like to say that. You know, that's your thing. You know, that, oh, we got a special guest got in the house. Go, you know, we got a special go. guest in the house. Absolutely. Got a, the, 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 the int, I'm interviewing the interviewer. Yes, sir. Man, how does it feel to have the number one morning show in the whole universe? I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, and especially coming from where we all come from. I mean, it's it's not like uh, this is a show that was designed. I mean, we were three guys that were uh, pretty much side pieces. You know, I was right. uh, Miss Jones' side piece. I was, I was you know, Miss Jones' sidekick. Charlemagne was Wendy Williams' sidekick. And Angela Yee was Cypher Sound's sidekick. You know, we all came right. together, which I helped, which I think helped because we, we learned how to share the spotlight. You know, there's right. not one person like I need to be this. We just let each other shine. You know, it was it wasn't designed for this person to shine or for that person to shine. We just came collectively and just kind of let it happen naturally. It wasn't forced. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it works, man. It mm-hmm. works. How did you get your start in radio? Um, I went to Hampton University. I started off DJ and shout to DJ Clue. He pretty much taught me how to DJ. And when mm-hmm. I got home, I wanted to make it as a career. And you know, at that time, you know, my parents had just put me through four years of college you know loans were, were, were piling up and right. they wanted me to do something else and I wanted to do music and they couldn't understand it so I just did the internship started DJing four in the morning three in the morning started learning the game learning how to interview learning how to do talk breaks and I just stayed persistent yeah. and it just so happened South to Angie Martinez she became pregnant mm-hmm. she went on a maternity leave and they needed somebody to fill in and I was the one that was at the station consistently all the time was was in everybody's face and they gave me a shot and I never looked back. Right. So so when you filled in for Angie Martinez, mm-hmm. was there some type of rift there? You know, when you came in it's, it's in terms of her feeling like maybe you had taken a shot? No, no, no. I mean, like Angie that? is the voice of New York. She, she right. knew what it was. She went on pregnancy leave and I think she was out for about a year and a half, two years. Right. And that kind of just gave me a shot to get on that air and, and, and learn radio. Right. You know, um, they actually put Sonny, who is now a, a chef on the on the um, the cook on the, uh, the the Food Network. They put her in afternoons, which was her spot, and I put I was in her spot middays. Right. I just learned learned how to talk, learned how to do talk breaks, learned how to to tease breaks, learned how to talk in the breaks, learned how to talk about what's going on in life, and I just started practicing. Yeah, and then um, they needed to do a morning show and asked if I would work with Miss Jones and just never looked back. Yeah, mm-hmm. you put out some mixtapes too early on. Yeah, right? I put up. I started off doing mixtapes. Yeah. I started off doing mixtapes. Mixtapes was my thing. I was a street DJ doing mixtapes, dropping them off, and mixtapes turned into to DJing clubs, which turned into doing an album, which turned into doing radio. Yeah, because mm-hmm. because I'm I'm trying to like get the picture painted for those aspiring DJs mm-hmm. out there. Because some DJs out there think that you just started off at the Breakfast Club, nah, with the number nah. one show in the country. I started off at the ground. <laughs> I started off driving my little Honda 1986 Honda Accord, driving up and down Harlem. You know, selling my mixtapes to the Africans and 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 everybody that sold mixtapes. That's where I started. Yeah. You know, giving out free mixtapes and hoping that they caught. And some people liked it, some people hated it, and I just stayed persistent. Right, mm-hmm. right. So I'm looking at 
what's going on right now with the social climate. And there's a lot of, I guess, uh, up in the volume on people calling out celebrities who have these huge platforms, especially especially rappers Mm -hmm. for some reason. Well, I know what the reason is, but people are calling celebrities out. And and so and and they're saying that, you know, especially singers and and rappers Mm -hmm. they are saying that we have this social responsibility to to speak on these issues. What do you think, if any, is the social responsibility for people that are in your positions, the people that are in the media, the the radio jocks, you know, that had these big platforms? God's honest truth. I, I really don't feel like it is a celebrity or rappers. I don't want to say necessarily to speak on something they don't know about. Okay. I don't think there's nothing worse okay. than somebody talking that, that's not educated on really what's going on and just doing something because it's the it's the cool thing to do. Right. That, you know, it's the, the thing to do because everybody's putting up a hashtag. Right. I, okay. You know, I, I think that's that's miseducating that's your people. Right. You know, um, I do feel like rappers and celebrities should learn what's going on if they do care about their community, but I would hate for anybody to make a comment if they really don't understand or really don't know what's going on. Right. I don't want somebody to make a comment about Donald Trump or make a comment about, you know, police brutality or make a comment about something that's going on if they honestly don't know. You know, I can't right. make a comment about what's going on in world news if something happened in Siberia because I honestly don't know. But right. I can tell you about what's going on in, in, in the country because I've been pulled over. I've been racially profiled, you know, and from both sides of the fence, my father's a police officer. Right. So, you know, for my father being a police officer, I can tell you, you know, when I came home, what he said. You know, that the first thing he, he said. He gave you the talk? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing he, the first thing my dad ever told me was the police are not your friends. Okay. And he said, I want you to understand that. The police are not your friends. If you go through anything, you shut, you can't curse. Can I curse it? Yeah. He says, you shut the fuck up. The main purpose is to get home. You yeah. know, if anything ever happens, you call me. You don't say nothing. You don't open your, but people don't understand that. You know, a lot of people get in trouble, but they, they talk themselves into getting in trouble, whether they did the crime or they didn't do the crime. And especially, you know, getting pulled over, you know, I was the the African-American driving a nice car that got pulled over every time, you know. Here I am, a a young African-American male, my pants hanging off my ass, tattoos on my arm. I'm wearing a baseball hat and some jewelry, and automatically I was a suspect. I was a drug dealer. I was somebody doing something illegal. So, you know, I already, I know both sides of the fence. So sometimes when you hear people talk, you know, you, you understand, you know. But to go back to your question, yeah, sometimes I feel that athletes, celebrities, if they don't know what they're talking about, I would prefer them not to comment. I would that, prefer them not to make that, a statement. That's, that's strong. But let me ask you this then. Mm-hmm. What if you have a situation, something like, let's let's say Black Lives Matter. Right. You don't, okay, so you don't know what you're talking about, but how much research does it take to find out what Black Lives Matter it really is It doesn't take about? much research at all. But yeah. what's, but if you're not going to learn, it's, I, I don't think that there's nothing, nothing yeah. worse than, than a leader that's not educated, that's somebody standing up for the people that has millions and millions of followers and have no idea what they're talking about. Right. You know? Right, right. And, and I would prefer people say, hey, look, I honestly don't know right. much about the situation, right. but I do feel that, you know, as an African-American, I've been pulled over many times, if they have been, or as an African-American... You know, no black man should be shot because of the color of his skin. I would prefer that than getting to deep into something or post something just because it's the cool thing to do. Right, mm-hmm. right. Now, you guys, y'all took a little heat when y'all had Hillary Clinton on the show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I thought it was a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's running for president of the United States. If she happens to become president of the United States, we got to deal with her, like it or not. Right. I think most people, I think without, with, with the Breakfast Club, they look for a certain type of interview or a, serp- a certain type of style of doing something. But, you know, what we also try to do is do things that people don't usually do. Right. You know, we could have asked Hillary Clinton, what are you doing about the Black Lives Matter? But you know what? Honestly, she's a politician. She's a robot to that. Right. She she practiced that question 30, 40 times. You right. know, you could ask her how you feel about the laws that she passed that incarcerated African-Americans. She's answered that 13,000 times. You know, we've all heard it. Okay. So what's the difference of we of us asking it? But now if you really try to get the personal side, because that's the side in that interview was a side that I don't think anybody has ever seen a Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Her down to earth. Right. Her sitting down, you know, taking off her jacket, taking off her shirt and just shooting the shit. That's mm-hmm. the side that I wanted to see of Hillary Clinton. Is she a, a normal person or is she just a robot? Has she practiced these answers? These are the type of things that we wanted to see. All the other things that people wanted to see, she didn't answer 15,000 times. Right. So, I mean, so I think if people step back and really take a look at it, like, damn, you're right. She's answered that question. And she's answered the question every time the same. Because she's a politician. She's a pra- she practiced that, you know? Right. You asked me a question about, you know, how I started. I'm going to tell you the answer at the same time. You know why? Because I've been asked that question 15,000 times. Right. So it's kind of like robotic when you answer. Right. So, so how do you being on the level that you you're on where you you're basically paid to to talk about situations where other people's personal lives and how you keep your personal life to yourself no i don't i you actually I, yeah you know the, the crazy thing about it is my personal life is is probably plastered everywhere uh-huh. you know i talk about my kids my family everything that goes on in my life i talk about right. and the reason i do is is um one of the main reasons is because i, I can ask anybody about their life Right. So how can I ask you about your life, who you're having sex with, how many kids you have, how you're playing your child support, and all that, and then I can't be open about mine. Okay. So I'm open about mine. You know, there's not one question somebody can a- ask me that I, I will never answer. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any foundations that you support, any, mm-hmm. any nonprofits that, that you back? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple. Um, you know, I just recently bought into a, a beverage company. Okay. And we supply water all across across the country for people that don't have water, whether it's homeless people, whether it's African Americans, whether it's uh, the incident in Flint, Michigan. I mean, for Flint alone, we raised over one hundred thousand bottles of water. Okay. And not only that, we we took donations where people could actually donate their money to water, and we delivered the water. What most people don't understand is buying the water is the simple thing, but delivering the water and traveling and sending the water across country travel site was is is very difficult. So we actually supplied water to those areas without people having to just pay you know 49 39 cents for the a bottle of water and then a dollar 50 to, to, to transfer it. so that's one thing that that we do and, and and the main thing that that i do as a person is i like to talk to the kids right um heavily in, in where i'm from whether it's jersey new york and buy them the things that they see their favorite rappers wear and okay. talk about getting okay. it and talk about okay. where I came from, whether it was sneakers, whether it's uh, having pizza parties for kids that usually wouldn't be able to do it and be a mentor. That's what we don't have anymore. We don't have mentors. And when I mean mentors, not just telling them, hey, you're going to be good. I came from where you go. No, showing them. Right. You know, as a as a, a black man, nobody showed me. Right. Because my, my dad didn't know. My dad didn't know how to invest in money. He, he was taught you work 40 years of your life, you retire and then you live off your retirement. He didn't tell me how to invest, and that's what I'm learning, and that's what I'm teaching the youth, and that's what I'm teaching the kids. So where did this come from if your dad didn't teach you? 
Um, it came from looking at rappers making it and athletes making it and then 10 years becoming broke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I never want that to be me. Right. You know, I want to be able to live off my investments. I'm, I'm watching my Caucasian neighbors and, and, you know, they're investing. They're starting investment firms. They're investing together. And then I'm looking at my brothers and we ain't got nothing. Right. We don't own anything. So I'm like, well, how do I, how can I own? How can I learn how to invest? So, you know, I made some bad investments. You figure it out. And from some of the, the smart investments that I made, I was like, this is what I want to help people to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you out here for trade aid, mm-hmm. you know, which is uh, you know, a, a huge thing in Houston, Texas. Right. I and mean, we, we ride for Trey out here. Mm-hmm. And Trey ride, because Trey ride for the people. He's out here every year. He does trade aid, and he gives out these kids like an incredible amount of mm-hmm. school supplies and toys and he puts on a big concert and right. kids come out and they play and all that kind of stuff. How'd you get involved with Trey Day? Um, I always knew Trey and Trey always showed a lot of support for me, whether it was coming to my clubs, coming to my radio show, just showing support. So, you know, when he started when he started inviting me to Trey Day, it was always at a time when I couldn't come because it was weekdays and I had to work on the radio. Right. So when we got the syndicated show I can do radio from Houston. So I came out here uh, two years ago, and I, I just seen the impact of trade, and I was like, this is something I need to be a part of. And even this year, we tried to supply beverages for the kids, but my my, my trailer got broke down and, and wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. But we know for every year that we can support and just drop off you know, beverages and, and just come in and talk to the kids, take pictures, just let them see somebody from came from the same background possibly as them that that actually made it and is doing good and did it the right way you know you know i'm not saying my life is better than anybody's but i didn't have to sell drugs i didn't have to sell crack i didn't have to sell weed you know i i I got my degree went to college i wasn't a a a student but i did good and i was able to 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 lose to use my college background and put myself around people that also graduated from college from my hood Mm-hmm. And we're able to make it. Now, was people around you selling drugs? Because you said absolutely. you was able to. Yeah, avoid. yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, now, now give give for the youngsters out there mm-hmm. who feel like they don't have a choice. Give them the manuscript. What is it? What was it about DJ Envy that said, "I'm not going to go that route." That's not for me. Well, first of all, my my dad was a cop, so he was smart. He was the type of parent that would follow me to school, make sure I was doing good. Okay. And the second thing, it was, was, I seen a lot of my friends get locked up. Okay. You know, I seen a lot of my friends get shot. I seen a lot of my friends die. And I was like, I want a better life for myself. Right. So I put myself around the people in my neighborhood that were trying to do good. And everybody Mm -hmm. else, yeah, I would play ball with them every once in a while, but I stayed away from it. You know, the person that that's, that manages me that I've been with since I was 16, you know, he has his own situation. You know, he, he, he went to, to Temple University and is an engineer, mm-hmm. you know, so he doesn't need my money. He does it because he enjoys it. And right. those are the type of people I need around me. That's going to make a clear decision, not based off a dollar amount, that's based off what's right for the brand. You know, those are people that I have around me that I grew up with. And, you know, we're, we're from Queens. You know, we're from where we had to take a dollar van where, you know, we got $2 a day and we had to bust down that $2 to be able to buy a record and eat, you know. Right. It's that type of family. Yeah, I jumped out there for a minute, called myself, not being a drug dealer, but being an enforcer. And I tell you, man. It was some of the most paranoid times in my life mm-hmm. because I had this mentality that I would do anybody, like anybody, like anybody. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, my main focus was to get my money. Mm-hmm. And one day, I, you know, the thing that, that 
you know when you hear my my part in mind playing tricks when I say yeah. <laughs> you know I'll keep looking around corners, yeah, around yeah. corners, my mind playing tricks. This is real, man. This yeah. really happened. This is this is a true story. Uh, every time I would hear a knock at the door, I, I got something. I'm ready to flush the work. I got my hand on the pistol. I don't know if it's a cop, an informant, somebody just stopping to say hello. I don't know if it's a fiend. I don't know if it's a jacker. It was just it was just too much going on, man. And I was dealing with that part. But and and I was dealing with the part of busting heads. I was good at it. Mm-hmm. But then it came down once I we were leaving the apartment complex where we were working out of and and I had, I was brazen, man. I had the, the pistol out every time I would leave. I'd have it all out, mm-hmm. ready to pop anybody. And we're walking around this building. We're about to walk, hit the corner on this building, and I hear some coming our way. I hear, I hear the, 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 the feet pattern. And coming our way fast, and I'm about, I'm about to bust. And... A little boy pop up. Mm. This little boy had to be maybe five years old or so. And it spooked me so much because I was going to smoke him. It spooked me so much. I said, man, that's it. I turned to my dude because he was right there with me. Uh, and I turned to him. I said, that's it, man. Here here you go. Uh, I'm done. Come on, man. Oh, no, Will, man. Come on, baby. You can't do me like that, man. No, man. You know, man, man. No, no, no. I said, no, nah, dude. I can't do that. Mm. I can't do that, man. You know, I, I do some things, but I can't do that. Right. And the thing is that a lot of these cats out here, they don't care. Right. They shooting little kids. You know, and these type of people going to have some badass luck. I don't see how a person can get to that point in life where you can be that desperate and be that heartless. Right. You know, where, you, know you, can, where you can gun down a child. They think there's no hope. They, you know, like they said, in, in a lot of places, they feel like there's no hope. They feel like nobody loves them. They feel like there's no way out. You know, mm-hmm. talking to some of my peoples from the hood, that, that's how they always felt. It was like, you know, it's either sell this, do this. Or work at McDonald's, and the bad part is somebody would rather sell this and do this than work at McDonald's and build it the right way. Yeah. But you just have to show people that there is a right way to get out. And I can walk around without looking over my back. You know what I mean? That is I, very I, I can, important. I can, I can pull up to my house and not have to feel like looking over my shoulder. That, yeah. and, and, and that's the sanity. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I do it for. I do it so my kids don't have to grow up in this life. You know, I didn't have the option of doing necessarily what I wanted to do as a child. I had to work and make money, you know, whether right. it was be a telemarketer, whether it was, you know, whatever I had to do. I mean, I worked at the U S open grabbing tennis balls, you know, but interesting, but my, my kids, you know, I tell my kids do what you want to do. Like I tell my son, if you want to be a garbage man, you be a garbage man. Daddy is daddy will figure out a way to turn it into a business. You know, we'll buy, we'll, we'll buy 10 trucks somehow. Right. You know, if, if my daughter, hey, if she wants to be a teacher, be a teacher. Don't worry about the financial situation. Be something that's going to make you happy. Right. Daddy will find a way to make it into a business. You know, daddy will uh, open up a pencil line and we'll sell pencils out the side of, uh, out of you being a teacher. But I'll figure that part out. But I just want them to be happy and do what they enjoy. You know what I mean? Because life is short and you want to enjoy life. It's not about right. the dollar sign. It's not about the money. I DJ because I enjoy it. You know, I go out. And, you know, I do, you know, after this tomorrow, I fly to Boston. And after Boston, I, I go to another city. And next week, I'm in uh, Kentucky. And 
I do it because I enjoy it. It's, right. nothing, it's not a better feeling than going to a club and somebody who having a fucked up day or a pissed off day and they mad or their girl left them or, they, or, or, or their man left them, the man cheated on them, they go to the club and you could DJ and take that from them. And right. they could just for that hour, two hours, just have a good time. It's nothing better than that feeling. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Envy. Man, thanks for stopping Appreciate you, brother, man. Well, y'all, it's been a pleasure. It's been a thrill to let you know how I feel. Some may grit and pitch a fit, but the watch on my wrist say that's all you're going to get. Now, until next time, y'all be good. If you can't be good, be great. No more talk. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, oh, let me get a drop right there. Let's let me get a pitch first. Hold on. There you go. That was good, man. I wish we had longer, bro. I, I wish we had longer. Move this out of the way. Yeah. Got it? Okay. Get a drop right there. Sure. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I fell asleep, boy. That's all right. We got it. We got it. Just really be loud? Yeah. All right. What up, what up, what up? It's DJ Envy from that Breakfast Club. And right now, you're checking out Willie D. Live. H Town, what up? Who? There it is. I'll see you later, brother. My man. Thank you. Thank you. Where y'all going? Where we going? V Live. V Live. Nah, V Live. Nah, they got another club. What's another club we got going? Okay. That was some good work.